Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I think we're closing in on double digits here, which uh, anytime you do a podcast, that's a roaring success. Uh, I am, of course, Mark Kastner. I am joined again, of course, by Jeremiah O'Shan. I know. It started um, out as a I was, I was, was a one-time thing. Yeah. Well, so it turns out it's hard to line up people's schedules and stuff when they live all over the Puget Sound. and Working from home as this being my job. Yeah. Probably are both contributing factors. And it's definitely not that I'm an interesting person to talk to. And my my day job because I don't make enough money doing this to justify not working. Um. <laughs> Is that a, are, you, are you dropping a hint to me? And I mean, I don't know. You can take that however you want, but uh, you you uh, happen to work from home, very close to where I'm working. Anyways, that's a little behind the scenes on the Sound Art Heart podcast. I was uh, I was going to have are you a, the famous Mark Kastner, aka Sounders fan from MLS Soccer. Yeah, Sounder at Heart writer. I should have been attributed as Sounder at Heart deputy editor, but I'm having my people uh, yeah. reach out. We should definitely reach out to the editors there. Yeah, I feel like we know one that we could get a hold of real quickly. But Probably. Um, I was going to flip a coin and get a different co-host this week, but it landed on O'Shan. Oh! Uh, so, I got Jeremiah again. Anyways, uh, so, Sounders, Seattle Sounders, uh, FC... Uh, since the last time we recorded, they lost a game, and then they also won a game. No, they won two games, because we recorded right before the Vancouver game. Did we? Yeah. Did I predict that they would win 2-0 on a Danny Leva golasso? You did. I believe so. Figured. Yeah. You're pretty smart at stuff like that. Except it was 1-0. <laughs> and Danny Leva didn't get a goal. But I know. I was the joke. Yeah. See, that was the joke. You were supposed to Oh, because like... The whole bit is it counts to us. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so they won. Moving. I was hand motioning. And then they had maybe the worst half of soccer they've had all season in New York City. That was bad. Um, that was really bad. You know, circumstances, whatever. And we're not going to talk a whole lot about where the Sounders have been because you can't live life through the re- rearview mirror. But um, everybody's back from international duty. Everybody's for the most part, healthy. Um, you know, a little bit of niggles here. Obviously, you got Bill Bruin, who is definitely not healthy. But shot Rodriguez. Yeah, we don't know. We flip a coin. Yeah. That's a, coin That's a pretty unfair way to determine something, though, isn't it? It's. You know what it is? It's, <laughs> it's fair, but it's inequitable. <laughs> yeah, just like the justice system. Inequitable results sometimes, but it is a fair way of determining things. Anywho. So the Sounders take on mighty Atlanta United FC on Sunday. National television. Is it on just Fox Sports 1 or is it I don't know. on Big Fox? Uh, this is great radio. I'm going to watch it in person. So yeah, I'll be there too. I hadn't really given it a lot of thought. Yeah, and uh, I usually find out this stuff when I put together the game threads. And I bet you it's on Big Fox though, huh? Um, it is on ESPN. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. So so boom. Yeah. Wow. Big ESPN. <laughs> it was way off. Yeah. We we. Uh, anyways, uh, the last the two previous meetings between these two teams have been um, draws, and one was very boring, and one was um, not boring because of 
I don't know. I guess Seattle killed soccer that day. Um, both of these teams have kind of had up and down seasons. Both of these teams uh, kind of perennial favorites for MLS Cup. Both of them are kind of working through some some issues at, at the um, at the present moment. But uh, how are you feeling about this game? You know, it's funny. I was thinking about how I was feeling about it yesterday. And I didn't know. <laughs> I'm not sure how to feel about this game. On one hand, I feel like... I, I think I'll give you walk you through my personal journey of how I felt about this game. Is I realized, like, oh, we're playing Atlanta. And at first I was like, oh, this is this is going to be a really tough game. And then I started researching it a little bit. And I was like, oh, Atlanta's not playing as good as I thought they were right now. And I was like, oh, maybe I feel better about this. And now you ask me, I don't know quite how I feel about it. I, I feel like the Sounders should be the favorites, but, like, slight favorites. Yeah, and, like, I feel like it's one of those situations where it's two pretty decent teams. Like, it's going to be a 2-1 result, I feel like. it's. Well, so Atlanta played in the midweek in Atlanta in the U.S. Open Cup, which yeah. I didn't know they were still doing that. They are. Yeah. They've totally been... And Oldest concurrently running tournament in the United States. Yeah. You know uh, I don't know. I feel like I've heard that mentioned Sounders before. Sounders won it four times. Did you know that? I did. Yeah, three in a row. Right at the beginning there. Um, so they, they played midweek against uh, St. Louis FC. Beat them 2-0. It was 1-0 until real late. They got a penalty. Joseph Martinez, he uh, put that one home. Uh, I was a little surprised. Pity Martinez how... got an assist how positive Atlanta fans seem to feel about that result, given they beat a middling USL team 2-0 with the second goal coming on a 96-minute penalty. But I mean, I'm not them. Things aren't real great for Atlanta United right now. I guess so. I guess that's a sign. Uh, I'm curious, what, did, what was the sense that you got from uh, talking to various Atlanta bloggers, do you think that they're going to field the first choice lineup in this game? Um, I don't think they have a choice, to be honest with you. Um, it's not like, I mean, Frank DeBoer, who has had not the start to his MLS career that many people thought he was, um, he's kind of struggled, which surprise, surprise, a foreign coach comes to this league um, with a little bit of hubris and uh, <laughs> has some problems. But I think that they can't really afford to... I mean, he can come here and just punt. Like, that is an option. It is. Like, change his full starting 11 and, like, do that. I don't think he will, though, because a week ago, they got thrashed by the Chicago Fire. Um, did they use a rotated lineup in that game? No. I don't think they did. Yeah. Uh, Gonzalo Perez got sent off in that game in the 11th minute. Um, they used a pretty first-choice lineup against uh, St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, still it was barely a, other than Guzon, right? Guzon didn't start in that game. Yeah, did Guzon did not start, and then they also started Breck Shea, who I do not think will start in this one. And yeah. I'm guessing Emerson Hindman maybe doesn't start Yeah, because they they uh, because of the U.S. Open Cup rules, they had to bench Julian Gressel because you can only have five internationals. Oh, so he doesn't field. have a green card on I don't, know. Anyway. I don't know. He was on the bench. That's all well, I know. <laughs> he could be in, I don't think if he's on the bench, that probably wasn't an international thing. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, so I think they'll probably 
like uh, Florentina Pogba got hurt in their last MLS game um, in the first half against the Red Bulls, who he'd kind of had uh, an okay. Paul Pogba's brother. Yeah, one of Paul Pogba's brothers. Yeah, um, not the brother. <laughs> Ezekiel Barco's out. Um, who else is out? I took I took a screenshot for. Um, I'm going to make some content about this later. Uh, on soundertheart.com. Uh, Hector Villa, former Sounders target, Hector Villalba, Villalba uh, is out. So it's not like they can really rotate their attacking options unless they want to like okay. start, start a kid. I so what you're saying. I, I think they, they I have to... I pick up what you're laying down. Yeah, they, I think they have to go strong in this one. Um, and I don't know... I don't know what to think. So uh, I've done some. Uh, have you run the numbers? I haven't run the numbers. I don't <laughs> run the numbers. That's not. That's not something I do. You didn't plug this into your database. Uh, what database? I mean, shouldn't we have a database that spits up results for us? It feels like something we should have. In I think we should feel pretty confident in the Sounders. I'm not saying to be overly confident or. Like, but this is a game where you going in feel like a result is what the expectation is. If they don't win this game, then it's <clears throat> like maybe a disappointment. I think depending on the circumstances, a draw is completely acceptable. Sure. Given you look at the Sounders' schedule, but they should win. But yes. Yeah. I again, like given the if if for instance it is a you're not going to call for Brian Schmetzer's head if they no, tie. No. But if they lose, maybe. I would be real disappointed if they lost, to be honest so with you. So would I. Um, if only because it seems like there's such a forced narrative surrounding this game from definitely external circumstances. Like the league, I think, is putting a lot of pressure on this game. I will be totally honest. I was a little caught off guard by how much attention this Same. game was getting on MLSsoccer.com, which is the league website, if you didn't know yeah. that. And I was like... Is this? Uh, I was actually at one point. I was questioning. I'm like, is this a normal week of previews? This feels like a lot of games, and being, it's not. It's not a normal. But it's not. You're right, and that's caught me off guard because I would have told you that a week ago. I don't know that I could tell you immediately. Like I knew who they were playing, but I certainly did not have like this game circled on my calendar. No. Other than as the game that the Senators were to get all their internationals back. Yeah, yeah, and I think. From a Seattle perspective, that things have been so. Usually, this word has a negative connotation, but it's it's been so short sighted because yeah, of because you wrote an article this week about twenty three different players started throughout that international yeah thing four games and four games they had twenty they basically had two sets of starting lineups yeah and two complete sets um. So they average like what was it like seven changes per so game? Literally, or? they average seven changes per yeah. game. Yeah. So things for the Sounders have been so like game to game that I yeah. don't think people in Seattle one, I don't think they really care about Atlanta United in a rivalry like you know this is a, such an exciting matchup sense, and two, it, it, like I said, it's just been so like who can literally play for the team right now? <laughs> it does feel a little bit like the. Like the way that the league tried to convince us that the Tyrion Re era Red Bulls were a rival with the Beckham era Galaxy. 
Yeah, that's weird. Like it was, <laughs> like it was like Bird and Johnson or something, and yeah. that like, and that was with those teams at least I think playing twice a year. The Sounders play Atlanta once a year. The first time they played, I want to say it was a midweek game. And that was most notable for Clint Dempsey not starting, but coming off the bench and then hitting a header off the crossbar. Yeah, the, and it was like the third game of that season or something. It was early in the season. Yeah, yeah. It, was like March, it was like March 17th or something like that. Yeah, it was definitely early in the season. And then last year, it was, you know, came at a period where the Sounders were just kind of starting to turn around their season. It was, it had like, it, on, like, you know, since I could see why people were anticipating it because it was like the post World Cup final game and so there was a lot of eyeballs on the game but I think from a Sounders perspective they were like so focused on what there was going on internally with the team that there was no sense of this bigger picture and you know and I not to toot my own horn Hong uh, Kong but a long time ago a lot of people don't know this but a long time ago I wrote a story about how Atlanta was gonna fail actually I don't know if I said that I said it was a mistake that MLS was going to Atlanta before they were even announced as an expansion team, and that turned out to be very wrong. I don't. Again, I, that's I don't. You may not know this, but they've actually been wildly successful by any, almost any metric. Um, so that's okay. I, but I feel like that there that kind of laid the seeds for this sense of there's this antipathy between the Sounders and Atlanta, and I've certainly done my best to play that up. <laughs> <laughs> for my own personal branding purposes, but totally I don't think, fair. but I don't actually think that I, I don't know what Atlanta fans think of Sounders fans in general, but I don't think that Sounders fans spend very much time thinking about Atlanta United aside from these kind of big kind of like grand narrative ideas of like, Oh, a lot of the attention that Atlanta gets seems like it used to go to the Sounders and I guess I, we're not the, yeah. the team of choice the way that it felt like we may have been at one point. I think a lot of our readers, use Atlanta as kind of a, a measuring stick, if you will. Yeah. It, it's, they're usually grouped in with Toronto FC, Toronto FC, Atlanta, Galaxy, Atlanta, LAFC, LAFC. It's this, the teams that spend a lot of money, right? The, the teams yeah. that spend $15 million on transfer fees. Yeah. And it's usually in the context of wanting the Sounders to spend that much money on transfer. Fees. Yeah. And I would, I would agree with you there that it's very much like whatever attention Sounders fans are paying to Atlanta, it's more of this aspirational way of building a roster and spending money than it is about some having some particular, like there's no question that Sounders fans get a lot of enjoyment out of watching the Timbers lose. Like I would argue that there are yeah. times when it feels like, Sounders fans would rather watch the Timbers lose than the Sounders win. For instance, when the Timbers are still in the U.S. Open Cup and the Sounders, although, fans but aren't. even then, like I'll admit, like I had a hard time not rooting against LAFC in that game for some reason. I don't know. I don't. I don't know which, how I totally felt about that game. That was a weird one. But I will say that there are times where it feels that way. I and I think that Timbers fans probably are at least have that same, if not greater sense towards Sounders fans. And so there's just very like, it's who are my two favorite teams? It's whoever the sounder it's the Sounders and whoever is playing the Timbers is like, I think not that big of a stretch. And Atlanta is like, so like it, in the grand scheme of like, can you list the Sounders rivalries one through 23? Like Atlanta's on that list in the top half, I suppose, potentially. Yeah. Probably ahead of Montreal and, 
Orlando. <laughs> I, I'm comfortable to. I, I'm comfortable saying I, I dislike. But they're not like I don't think. I don't think if you were to list off the Sounders' rivals as with like no limit on who their rivals are, I, I think you'd have a hard time justifying Atlanta being in that group. Like it's yeah. Timbers, and then somewhere below them, probably Vancouver, and then somewhere further below them, maybe the Earthquakes or the Galaxy or Dallas or LAFC. LAFC. Western, just the Western, the Western conference, conference, RSL, uh, the Western conference is not the Rapids essentially, uh, or Houston. I don't think the Sounders have much of a rivalry with Houston. Well, it did take like forever to win in Houston. It did take forever, but I don't think, yeah, but I, I that was just an annoyance. That was more of an annoyance. More, that was more of like, did you realize that we've never won in Houston? Isn't that funny? Or just, you could always chalk that game up to being a loss. (laughs) Right. Um, but anyway, uh, so I don't think that I, I don't. I guess that's why I say that. Like I get the I get the narrative arc that the national media might want to build around this game because the Sounders and Atlanta do have some similarities in terms of they the way they came into the league and the way that they drew these big numbers and kind of like yeah, and even statistically where they sit this season, they're almost identical. They're both yeah. in third place. They both have nine wins. Um, they, they both, both have, have plus th- four goal difference. Yeah, right? plus four goal difference. Um, Sounders have a few more goals scored, and Atlanta's given up a few fewer. Yeah, I was gonna say they're both undefeated at home, but it looks like Atlanta has one home loss. Uh, they both struggled on the road. Yeah, although Seattle's away record right now is two five three, so I just feel like we need to point that out. Two five and three. I like that. It's on brand. It is on brand. It would be cool if it was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, it would be cool if it was 10 0 and 0, but. <laughs> That's not where I was going, but yeah, I agree. It would be cool if they were 10 0 and 0, or 9 0 and 0, as it would be. But. No. 2 plus 5 plus 3 is 10. Good Jeremiah. point. That's a very good point. It's <laughs> a stupid observation. I was don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> anyway. Cool. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so do you have any more like thoughts on sort of the broader picture? Well, if um, to give our listeners a little bit heads up, we'll spend a little bit longer talking about kind of the broader picture. We'll take a break and then um, kind of dive into the specifics of the matchup after after that. I mean, I think this is a good test from a like, are the Sounders any good? I, like, I, I yeah. think that like, that's a legitimate question right now. I I think is. Like, how good are the Sounders? Because we haven't seen this team, presumably, like, assuming there's no unforeseen absences, this is going to be the first time that the Sounders have rolled out anything like their first choice group in months. In months! Since, I would say, the Toronto FC game. Yeah, which was, what, three months ago? April 13th. Yeah. Three months, exactly. And... So like this is the first time that I think we we get a real test. They're getting actually Bruins started that game. Never mind. <laughs> there you go. Like it's like it might be the first time since the since they like started the first, the same team same group of players in the first I think six games of the year, right? Not even six. Five. Five. Yeah. So it might be like this might be the and and I guess and so and, and I say that because. We don't know what's going on. Like we don't really know the long-term replacement of Ch- well, we know the long-term replacement of Chad Marshall is probably Javier Arriaga, but we don't know. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see Roman Torres and Kim Kihi start this game, and so yeah, you know maybe this isn't even really 
what the first choice looks like in a few months. But this is for sure the best test that the Sounders have faced in terms of using their ideal team. And this is the best opponent that they faced at home probably since. I mean, I guess you could argue the Dynamo game was, uh, you know, was a good test. But the San Jose game ended up being a good yeah, test. Yeah, as it turned out, the San Jose game was a good test too. Yeah. But I, I mean, mean, even LAFC was yeah, a bit weird because of the circumstances. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think this is a, it's a good test. I mean, I think it's, and so I think in a lot of ways it is a barometer, but it's a barometer for things that are internally focused and not like narratively yeah, focused. Where I think a lot of the, a lot of the pressure is focused on sort of the external things where I don't even think many people in Seattle are thinking about that. Yeah. yeah. Or care, really. Right. And I don't know who that I don't I don't know who the audience is for stuff like that. <laughs> Cuz it doesn't seem like Atlanta fans care about that either. They've got their own troubles and their own trials. I mean, I, I guess the audience about. is like you're, I mean, from, to be Reddit? completely cynical, cynical about it, the audience is probably Atlanta and Seattle fans who are like just seeing their name in a headline and reading the story, right? I guess. But I don't think that they, I, I think most people on either side are rolling their eyes at the idea that yeah, this is because, some sort of rivalry. Yeah, I agree. Both because that's how I feel and also that's the impression I get when I talk to people on the other side of the country in Atlanta. Um, Cool. I'm going to hit pause on recording um, and go to a break. You'll hear a couple commercials and we'll come back and talk more about this game. Welcome back to the Sound at Heart podcast. I am here with Jeremiah O'Shan. Obviously, I'm Mark Kastner. Uh, you were just listening to us like, I don't know, 30 seconds that ago. Was, it seemed like a long time ago because we had some technical difficulties. Yeah. But for it, the listeners... It wasn't very long at They all. didn't actually know what was going on. No. And we, for them, did, it was like... It was just commercial break. Yeah, and they didn't really have to know what was going on until you told them. But No, but I like to give... See, I'm all about transparency. Yeah. Like, uh, like pro. Exactly like pro. Yeah. Uh, although I think you're a little bit more competent at your job, Jeremiah. Oh. Just saying. Say, can you, can you tell Graham Macri that? Sure. I uh, don't know who that is. But He's the new editor-in-chief of SB Nation. Former Sounder Heart contributor. I doubt he knows who I am. So. I don't know. Who knows? He's pretty smart. Cookie. Graham Macri. Cool. I like cookies. Um, I also like when the Seattle Sounders play good soccer, which is what I'm hoping is going to happen this weekend. That would be pretty dope. In their match against Atlanta United. Uh, We were going to use this segment to talk. I guess we are going to use this segment to talk specifically about this match. Whereas, Or we could just banter. I don't know if people really want (laughs) to listen to two more white guys bantering on a podcast. But (laughs) whatever. I I will say that I... I don't, I'm not, I don't know why I'm talking about this, <laughs> but I feel like I get it off your chest, get off my chest. I was just introduced to the YKS podcast, the your Kickstarter sucks podcast. Yeah. And it like definitely hit me right where 
Like I'm the intended audience of that show. It's pretty good. There's. Like, uh, it's not like like if you take a if you pull back about ten feet, you're like, oh, this is not that much funny going on here. But somehow it's like it really speaks to me. Hey, you should become a Patreon or whatever they. Oh, that would be going crazy. On. That would require giving money to someone. Yeah. Which everyone here should do to various things. And I. Anyway, what what do you want to talk about, Mark? Seattle Sounders are going to play against Atlanta United. Let's begin the conversation about the match. Uh, we can probably we could probably guess nine of the Seattle Sounders starters, right? Yeah, I think so. One we the two positions that I think, without any sort of crazy circumstances between now and kickoff of the match, the two positions that we don't know for sure who are the starters are going to be is one of this, one of the center back positions in the left mid position. There's a spider by my head. Um, you'll be fine. I know. I'm it looks pretty to, small. This one, it's very small. Yeah. I'm just fascinated by what it's hanging on. The other day in the car, there was a spider like the size of a quarter in my car. And that's I, a big spider. And uh, long story short, I have a new car because I quit my other one on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Because you can't live, you can't live knowing that that happened. No. Um, so we don't know. Like we don't know. We don't know if Roman Torres or uh, Javier Ariaga. I was reading. I was reading Atlanta United names, and I was getting real confused. Um, no, we, you will not find their names on that yeah. list. Um, we don't know which one of them will start, and we don't know if Jovan Jones or Victor Rodriguez or maybe even Harry Ship will start at left mid. I mean, I'll be honest with you. As much as I would like to wish it true, I don't even know that Victor Rodriguez is in contention for a starting spot right now. Yeah, he. Um, I don't. I don't think. I don't know if he trained today, but I know for sure that he was on the side yesterday. That sucks. He's it always hurt. Suck. It does seem like he's always hurt. Um, that sucks. I hate that. I, I do too. Starting to feel bad for him. I felt bad for him for a long time. I just would wish I would rather stop feeling bad for him and him start staying healthy. Yeah, it's like a, my druthers. Yeah, like a, you know, we would very much like to be beyond this moment and this feeling, whatever beyond this means. Whether <laughs> that can mean a lot of things. That's so hard hitting. Uh, true. So, who do you want to see start at left mid? Good question. Uh, like, I'm assuming... And we also don't know if Jovan Jones is even going to be in the mix, frankly. Because he's been off tending to the f- birth of his first child. Whatever that's about. Um, I think Harry Ship is probably my... Like, I've been... I th- You know, it's and I meant to write about this, too. Uh, and I haven't found a good opening for it. Maybe maybe this will be the week I get to do it. But Harry Ship has not gotten a lot of plaudits aside from Jeff Relio Wilcox uh, making him man of the match, I believe, against the crew. Was that right? Yeah. Um, I, outside of people like him who are really intently watching every play of the game, basically, I don't feel like he's Harry Ship is not getting a lot of love from the fan base. And I think he has, like, been really good the last... Like, while the Sounders were in this kind of tough period of games where they 
were on the road a bunch and they had all kinds of internationals out. Harry Ship was quietly like humming along. It's Vancouver that he got me on the match. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, it would have been kind of weird if Ladero didn't get man of the match against the crew. But um, Harry Ship's been really good. He's just been plugging away, setting up teammates, being a rare creative force. I actually think that he, like, maybe this is the moment, maybe this is his moment, like last year where Sounders went on that long winning streak yeah there was like a ridiculous like, a like ridiculous games or something yeah. that he started and they won yeah uh, no it was 17 because there were games that he that didn't they, start that they lost right like they were great with harry ship last year and he doesn't necessarily rack up gaudy assistant goal numbers but i think i would i might even prefer him over a plausibly fit victor rodriguez and a Jovan Jones who hasn't been training. Has like, been up up late with a newborn. Yeah, like I would rather I think I would rather Harry see Harry Ship at this point. You've kind of talked me into it. No, I think I spent kind of all week sort of thinking about it being Victor or Jovan, Jovan. without really thinking about the circumstances that either player are in. Yeah. Because we've been talking about like, oh, the Sounders are finally back. But, so you kind of want to see them be back. Yeah. But if if neither player... Well, Victor Rodriguez started against Columbus but came off early, 64th minute or something like no, that. No, it was, it was later than that. It was like 80... Because it was when the the whole pushing... Oh, the... Ruck, the Yeah. The, the fracas. When, so when, it was like the 81st yeah. minute that he came out. Um, That's right. He didn't start against... New York. New York. He came on late. Played like okay. fifty-five. He played like six, thirty-five minutes. Came in the fifty-fifth minute and wasn't very good. Because his his insertion into the game coincided with the Sounders falling apart. I don't know that it was his fault, but the was they yeah. they were very closely aligned in terms of timing. Yeah. Um, and Joven has been away from the team, so I, I do think I want to see Harry Ship start, if only because. I don't think Jovan Jones is a starter yet. Like, I don't think what he offers to this team as a midfielder is starting caliber just yet. I it, agree. It might get there. I doubt that because I, even though he hasn't played left back, left back in basically two years, like not Literally. even for the national team, for any right. of his club teams, I think that's probably his best position. I don't think he's actually going to ever play there again because I just don't think he thinks of himself as a left back. And he's certainly not going to play left back ahead of Brad Smith. And if he started at left back ahead of Nuhu, if Brad Smith didn't play, that's a whole that's a whole thing. That's a whole sort of moody situation that we got to talk about. So, I think the starting the starting qualities that Harry Ship give you, I would rather have on the field for 60 minutes than the starting qualities of Jovan Jones. Whereas the flip side of that is um, you have Jovan Jones for 30 minutes running at tired legs, getting on the ball. I'm into that. I'm really into that. So um, we'll let Brian Spencer know that he should start Harry Ship. Yeah, I think we should have that close personal. We'll friend. talk to Mickey Turner, maybe. 
Or maybe we can send him a DM. I hear you. Like, I mean, he is a Sounder Heart contributor, so. He is a Sounder. Maybe we'll hit him up in Slack. Yeah. Um, so we got left midfield boxed off. Let's talk about the center back position. Yeah. Um, with a certain level of comfort, I think we could both say Kim Kihi is going to start unless something happens. Yes, I agree. If with you. completely healthy. That leaves uh, Ariaga and Torres to battle over in one position. Uh, Torres is coming back from the Gold Cup with Panama, and um, earlier in the week he was somewhere on a beach, whereas Ariaga traveled with the team and played in Columbus. I think he was in Panama, actually. I think there was a thing about him going back. Home. Yeah, like a school thing. Yeah. Um, something on his Instagram. If if While you're listening to this, you can mosey on over to Roman Torres' Instagram, and that the answer will be there. Double-click. You should be able to get to your home screen. Open up Instagram. Shouldn't interrupt the podcast. Unless you're driving, don't don't do this don't while driving. Do it, but if you're on like if you're on a walk, yeah, you can do it. You pull out your phone for a second. Yeah. Um, but don't cross the street while you're doing it. I mean, it's kind of dangerous. It's fine. I don't know. As long as it's like a crosswalk, you'll be okay. That's true. Um. So who do you want to see start? Do you want Roman Torres or Ariaga to start? So I'll say that I've actually liked Ariaga for the most part. I think individually he provides a lot to like, and I think his upside is very high. I think he has the potential to be like a best 11 type of defender. Yeah, I mean, he is a DP, technically. He is a DP, so I guess that's what you want. But I think I've seen, I, what I've seen in him is it gives me hope. He's gonna have to t- untuck his shirt to get to best eleven. But Did you see that poll on Twitter? No. What was the poll? There was Tucker untuck, and Tuck was winning last time I looked. On, Which, from the Sounder at Heart Twitter? Well, somebody in our mentions did it, and I retweeted it. And are you you're telling me Tuck is beating Untucked? Yeah. Let me. Oh my God, I've lost all faith. Yeah, I'm real upset about that. I just. I don't. I, I'm not being able to recover from this. this is, it I feel like, like I know that. our fan base pretty well, and that's that cuts deeply. Yeah, fifty-five percent tuck. Oh no, that's a that's a route. That's, that's like three hundred. How many votes? Uh, Two hundred twenty-nine total votes. Well, okay. I don't know. I I need a minute. All right. Sounder Brarian. She's a librarian. And her yeah, she did a poll. I I mean someone's going to have to pop in our comments and explain this thinking cuz our boy Tim Foss went went to bat for for an untucked. Yeah, that he needs to set the record straight. I I, I think it's a hazing situation to be honest with you. <laughs> I think like, Have you noticed his shorts also seem to be kind of hiked up too? And his socks are all or the way? also like pulled up over his knees. It's yeah. a very odd look. It's, it's like he's going for the Steve Urkel look or something. If he could wear a onesie, he probably would. <laughs> so, well, now I'm shook, but I was already going to say that I think Roman Torres probably is the better partner. Because this is the thing. is like I think the Ariaga-Kim partnership can work, and I think it can work really well. But I think it requires some... Uh, time together on the training pitch. Yeah. And 
I think they that, haven't had time lately. They haven't had, and I and I so I, I think that they need to work together, and that will eventually evolve. And hopefully, by the end of the season, it's like because I it has so much. They both are good with the ball at the feet. They both have, but I think in some ways they're too similar of style. Like they're both a little too aggressive to play with each other right now, and they don't communicate well enough. And it's going to take some like work to because neither one of them speak a common language. That's true. And as far as I know, unless Ariaga's English is better than I thought and Kim's English has come along, but I don't think either one of them speak a common language. They speak football. They speak, they speak, they speak soccer the be- is the common language. They speak the beautiful game. So I think Torres and and Kim have a little better of an understanding, even if they also don't speak the same literal language. Uh, but I think that like Torres is a little more comfortable like being the guy who sits back and kind of filling the Chad Marshall role. And Kim Kihi is going to be the guy who ranges up and chases forwards to the midfield line. I am worried about Roman Torres versus Joseph Martinez. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I'd be worried about Ariaga versus Joseph Martinez too. Yeah. Do we need a pause? You yeah. Wanna- Everything okay? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's fine. Oh yeah, no, that's totally fine. Thanks for letting her come over. Okay. Um. Break. Okay. I'm worried about. I'm worried about Roman Torres versus Joseph Martinez. I mean, I am too, but I think that that's a concern. I I think the only person that has been on the Sounders roster in recent years who I wouldn't be worried about is Chad Marshall. Mm-hmm. And unless there are things I'm unaware of, he's not able to come out of retirement for this game. And he's probably, yeah, after not playing true. for like two months, they probably wouldn't want to do that anyway. Yep. So that's just Chad Marshall just isn't an option. Right. I'm, right. As far as they know. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think the Joseph Martinez thing is a real concern, but I don't know that there's a good solution on the roster. I th- so to like answer it. I think what the Sounders need to do, at least for the rest of this season, or maybe just this summer, is they need to pick a partnership and just let that be the partnership instead of being like, well, one needs more time or one's good for this game, because there's already been so much with, with those sort of back six positions, um, or sort of that. S- that center back four with the two defensive midfielders and the two center backs, there's already been so much forced rotation this season. They just need to pick something and go with it. And if we're thinking of this game as a test to see if the Sounders are any good, yeah, they need to pick the center back pairing that they want to have for the rest of the season, I think. I'm okay with that being either... Torres or Ariaga, but what I want to see is that same partnership start next week against Portland as well. That's kind of where I, I that's fair landed at it, and I think it's going to be Ariaga. I don't think it's going to be Roman Torres. I'll say this: is that reading between the lines of some things that Brian Schmetzer said today, like he made a comment about how the challenge now is is like the massaging of egos. 
and making sure players realize that like whether or not they start this week and whether they start next week, they're still like important parts of this. That's a long season, and yeah, that did kind of feel like he was talking about <laughs> Roman Torres a little. Jeez, yeah. Uh, so maybe you're right, but that, I guess if I w- I'll stick with my answer. I mean, I'd also say though, shout out to Saad Abdul Salam, yeah, who I think has is right now the most improved player on the Sounders roster. Like he's he's done the most to change the way I think about him. Yeah, yeah, because he had not played center back before coming to the Sounders uh, anywhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I don't like so it was one of those professional things, like, at least when the Sounders were insisting like he's providing us center back depth as well as as a right back. I thought and left back. like yeah. what do you were based on what. And yeah. now at least like they they saw like to their credit they uh he is at least jumped Jonathan Campbell in the depth chart at center back which he he's jumped he's jumped Jonathan Campbell in the depth chart at center back but even beyond that I'd say that I would be comfortable like I don't think he's going to jump Torres or Ariaga on the depth chart but I will but I think that he's to the point where I would feel comfortable in starting any game yes I don't want to see that happen, <laughs> but yeah, I would, I would be fine with it. Um, especially with given his athletic ability and his, the, the way that he plays on the ball, I think really fits what the Sounders need at center back. Although I'm not a real big fan of his shaved head. I don't know no. what's up going on there. No, no, but we've already roasted one Sounders player for how they with their appearance so let's not do another one at least not this week maybe next week we can pick another one um so atlanta comes into this game with a bit of a tricky roster situation to figure out we, we talked a little bit about it in the first segment but um they're missing some key players they're missing ezekiel barco um to injury uh, jeff Rolanowitz, who is still apparently a starting player in this league uh, at the age of uh, 45. I don't know, 45, 46, Uncle Jeff, um, who won state in 88. Um, <laughs> he's uh, out with the red card because apparently 10 minutes after the game last week, he got a red card in the locker room for some VAR violation. Um, I think he stomped on um, New York Red Bulls player. Anyways, he can't play. Uh, and then they the um, Pogba's brother's out, Florentine... Pogba, who is a center back or a left back. Um, George Bellows out also. They're their wonder kid of left back. So um, they've got some issues to figure out given this Pity Martinez guy that they signed is not um, hasn't necessarily fit in as well as Miguel Almiron and um, Martinez and Frank DeBoer have kind of been going at it in the press this week. So it's uh, they've got a lot of interesting things coming into this game. So what do you think they're going to do? I have no idea what they're going to do. Yeah. Because. You don't, you don't think about Atlanta. I don't think about Atlanta. I guess that goes back to where that kind of is a nice circuit that brings us back to the last segment. But I, I, I mean, I guess Parkhurst makes the most sense, right? At left back. At left back, yeah. Especially then, with the Sounders attack, I think. And you make a very valid case as to the lack of, like, their inability to rotate players. 
I think it's a legitimate concern that this is going to be their fourth game in two weeks, basically. Like, and then they have a game the following Wednesday in uh, against Houston. Back so home. if they're going to rotate, this is maybe the game where they do it. Yeah, I mean, they could. Like I said, they could punt. I don't think they will, and I don't think they should, but they could. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would welcome that because <laughs> it would be funny to see, see them, them kill football. Yeah, again, because, you know, we'll come full circle. And almost a year. It was almost a year ago that it was July 15th last year that they played um, that game in Atlanta. It's July 14th that they're going to play this year. So that's funny. The math checks out. It's almost one full year. Last year wasn't a leap year, was it? No. This year wasn't a leap year. It's just one day difference. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're obviously running out of things to talk about. Uh, so we'll end the segment with, we kind of already predicted the Sounders lineup. We're going to have Harry Ship start at left mid. We're going to have, uh, you're going to pick Torres. I'm going to pick Torres. I'm, I'm going to pick Ariaga. I like that disagreement. Uh, yeah, finally once. It's what it took eight episodes or whatever. Yeah, for... <laughs> I finally found something we could disagree on. Um, I'm gonna take a stab at predicting Atlanta's lineup right now. Um, let's go with. Um, we're gonna start Brad Guzan in goal. I'm gonna put. Um, I'm gonna put Michael Parkhurst at left back. I'm going to put. Um, they should have. Perez back at center back. He's coming back from suspension following the Red Bulls game. I have Miles Robinson starting at center back. I have Escobar at right back. Miram at left mid. Or I guess the two holding midfielders are going to be Ramidi and Nagby. And then you have um, Pity Martinez, Gressel, and Martinez. The, the other Martinez, Joseph. So is Pity Martinez start in the middle for them then? He usually starts on the wing. And Gressel's going to be in the middle? No, 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 no. He, he's been coming off of the left when they've had Barco play. But What about when Miram plays? Miram's been off the left, and Martinez has been in the middle. So Martinez will be in the middle. Oh. Pity Martinez. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess that's one area that I don't know if you have a, a sense of this, but what do you? what's your read on the whole Pity Martinez? Was this a overhyped player is he is it just a matter of he like if 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 tata martino was still there would this be a whole different story would he we'd be talking about mvp candidate pd martinez i don't know if we'd be talking about mvp candidate but i definitely think we would be talking about a different player i don't think he would be as good as almaron because he's just not the same type of player um which i think we could talk about how they went about recruiting a replacement for Almiron and how they ended up with Pity Martinez being the replacement. That's, I think, a completely separate conversation. But I, th- I definitely think if they had Tata Martino, he would be performing at a higher level. But that's kind of an un- unprovable thing. So I just don't think he really fits with that DeBoer Dutch Sort of. I mean, it, to me, what it speaks to is that I. Now, granted, Atlanta could cur- turn around and win MLS Cup this year. Like that's not for sure. That would not be a completely unforeseen. They might, 
you might even say they're favorites to win the East. I think that they are. Yeah, like or could, one, one or two. I, I think they're absolutely one of one of one of the. If I was going to put money on who I think is going to win the East, I think I would put them high on the list for sure, if not at the top of the list. And but I, I do think that it speaks to. It, what will be interesting, I guess, is where we are talking about Atlanta in two or three years, because really they still have the core of the team that won MLS Cup last year. So that they're competitive still and good still is not should not be surprising to anyone. The team they put on together last year was one of the best teams ever assembled in MLS history. So it's not like it should be any shock that they are still performing at a high level. But I, I think it does speak to kind of it, it, it serves to illustrate what the Sounders were able to accomplish between 2009 and now. And that was that it wasn't just putting together one or two really good teams. It was creating a whole culture yeah. that was designed to survive beyond one or two key people and that you could make some mistakes on the personnel side and that you could still be competitive year in and year out. And the Sounders... You know, it's true that they've never built a team that was as good as Atlanta was last year. And I think that, you know, Sounders fans will point that out amongst themselves all the time. That, <laughs> you know, yeah, we won MLS Cup one year. Yeah, we won Sporter Shield. Yeah, we won four Open Cups. Those are all great accomplishments. But in none of those years were we far and away, like, the best team in the league, where at the end of the year you felt like you could lay claim to being the best team in the league. And that's, you know, and that's something that the Sounders fans should aspire to. And that's something the organization I know wants to achieve. But um, it's, it's something that's in some ways a different, and I don't know if it's more impressive, but it's impressive in its own right that they built this culture that is designed to survive coaching changes, GM changes, DP, the loss of DPs that you can have, you know, in, in the span of the last four months, six months, they've lost the organization's, or in the span of a year, they've lost arguably the greatest American player ever. They've lost arguably the best defensive midfielder in MLS history. And club captain. And longtime club captain. And they lost the best defender in club in, in, MLS, in, history. in MLS history. Yeah. And the, that's all in the last year. And here we are talking about them making potentially another MLS Cup run. That's an amazing achievement. And I think that sometimes it's easy to overlook how difficult it is because the Sounders keep kind of working through those kinds yeah. of things. And it seemingly happened. It's always happening like during the season. Right. Like if yeah, I think, like, I think Chad Marshall's retirement would have been, or in Quint Dempsey for that matter, would have been felt a lot more if it happened in the off season, but because like literally the games just kept coming. Um, yeah. And they weren't, yeah, there's, yeah. And I think that that you have, uh, you have a good point there that the Sounders definitely built for better or worse. Like, you know, they've been doing this a lot longer, obviously than Atlanta, but they've built that culture that, I mean, Ziggy Schmidt left the team and he, arguably the greatest American coach of all time. Right. Or at least the second best. And he left and they won MLS Cup the same season. Right. So it's like, and then you have Atlanta where it seems like they're building this, this culture based on 
South American influences on the team. And then they hire Frank DeBoer, who is not, is not South American. It's like, and that's not just like a literal sense. He just has, he plays a completely different. Yeah. Like very Dutch. (laughs) Right. And if you know anything about world, world soccer, the Dutch style and the Argentinian or the South American style are completely different styles. And I read something, I guess maybe it was, I guess it was Joe Patrick. Maybe even said this, how, hi, Joe. Hey Joe, how he uh, he comes from the von von Hall system yeah, 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 as opposed yeah. to the Cruyff Dutch system. There's a um, it, there's there's a whole segment of this in um, Michael Cox's new book, and it's very good. I recommend checking it out. Forgetting the name off the top of my head, um, the guy who wrote Zonal Marking. Um, it's it's fantastic. It's so good that I forgot the name of the book. Um, the Mixer. No, Zonal Marking is the new book. The Mixer was his old book. Sorry. That's a great... To continue on the point about Van Hall and... Cruyff. Oh, I just think that it's... It, like they. It seems like what they did is they went out... Like It'll be interesting to see if in five years that Frank DeBoer was actually the... You know, like they implemented a culture that reflects Frank DeBoer or Frank DeBoer just happened to be the kind of biggest name coach that they could bring in. Yeah. And we won't know until we know. Right. We were, I mean, but you would think that like Guillermo uh, Barroscolotto would have maybe been a better fit for what they were for seemingly sure. trying to build. Yeah. And he was apparently available because he ended up at the galaxy at the same time. The same and time. like so maybe, it, maybe they didn't want to build what they ended up, Starting right. Yeah. Go. Maybe they were. Yeah. Know. Exactly. It's entirely possible that they just kind of didn't think what they were building was sustainable, and so they wanted to go in a different direction. And and I think in five years we'll probably have an answer to that. But we don't know. But we do have Sunday. Do so have Sunday. Let's close the podcast with a prediction. What do you see happening on Sunday? You know, early in the show I said I thought it was going to end in a two-one result. I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to say Sounders win two-one. Uh, we'll call it a Raul Ruiz Diaz brace. You're not gonna give Harry Ship a goal. He'll have the he'll have an assist along with Ladero. Cool. Yeah, it's I guess it's hard to see. These teams are so evenly matched right now that I I see some like I see the Sounders winning, but I I it's I don't think it's gonna be very convincing. I I mean they're I think they're gonna win. Um, I think we're going to still have some questions about this team, obviously. I don't think it's going to be the statement win for either team that... Yeah. That, never, they never, the, the narratives never quite work out quite so neatly, do they? Yeah. And um, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping for some, some tomfoolery happening, too. <laughs> that would be... Something... I hope there's something that we get to... I would like to the like sound focus is to, to like really like... Stick our stick our teeth into for the next week because that would be another ninety six minute winner. How about that? It would be pretty on amazing a, on another penalty or something like that. Let's let's have some fun. <laughs> Although that is not fun for our jobs. No. Anyways, that's been the Sounder at Heart podcast. Thanks for dealing with some of the technical difficulties that you had no idea about, but we told you about anyways. And uh, let's hope the Sounders beat Atlanta United. See ya. That's a great sign off for me.